everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur Show. I'm Justin Bazaar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. For anyone who's out there, you can find us on Instagram at Justin the Food Entrepreneurs. You can find me on Instagram at Justin Bazaro. Again, that's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find this podcast on Spotify or wherever else you grow through grow yourself through podcasts. So that being said, guess what? We have Sam back from Roll 'em Up Taquitos for a part five. And we're just going to jump right into the question. So here we go. This is really awesome, Sam. And I really appreciate you coming back on the podcast for another episode and like joining us and really taking the time to do this and really pushing things and sharing your experience. So um, I'd really like to go through some of the questions that I have directly for you. Some very pointed questions. Some came in from the audience based on the the other episodes if sure. you if you could start any other franchise business because you've been now in uh chicken tenders you've been in chicken sandwiches the hot chicken sandwiches you've been in burgers now you're in taquitos if uh, this is a question from the audience if you could pick another business that you think is ready to boom or or a possible franchise company that someone should start that would boom in today's world what would it be if you could start one Oh man, uh, I'm so glad you asked this question because that is not my strength. That is not my strength. Is it really my strength? And I know what I, I know what I do well, and I also know what I don't do well. And I don't do well in creating a concept. I love, and and to be quite honest, I don't. That's not something that um that I strive for, just because I I don't have that type of brain. I don't know just what I love to do is I love to see and taste a young brand and I'm like, whoa, this is amazing. How can I help in the scaling of this phenomenal brand? And that's why uh, Ryan and I work so well together because Ryan has the concept and he, he was the one that came up with, you know, his mother actually came up with the concept and then he, he created it in his mind and said, Hey, I think this is going to take off. So, you know, to be quite honest with you, I, I don't really have, I, I lack that. I lack the, uh, the mindset of creating something. Um, I leave that to other great people that, that are out in the world. Um, I like to support, to uh, help them grow and scale the restaurant. That That's what I think, that's where my my uh, area of expertise. That's where my joy and excitement come in, um, is helping somebody else really scale their business, and that's where uh, that's where I think I do really well. So, I apologize. I don't have an <laughs> I don't have that answer. Awesome. The um, the thing I like about this the most is like. Well, one, I am a very creative person. I like starting things. But part of having the balance of someone like you in the lives of entrepreneurs, often entrepreneurs can jump from, accidentally start jumping from concept to concept, where if you have someone that comes in and structures it and builds the company and scales it like you do, it keeps the entrepreneur focused on the concept at hand and scaling that concept. Because I know for me, I can often get 
be like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. And then I have like, okay, I have someone balanced in my life be like, nope, I think we focus on this one thing. We dime it down and then we scale it, which usually means we, diming it down usually means we focus on the things that we do well. And then we build a strong human capital around it who exploits the core values of that concept. And so I think that one of the things that you're talking about is if someone can create the idea, the passion and the energy, it's very good, easy for you to like grab that same energy based on your energy and then scale, scale the business, especially if it meets your core values. Definitely. I think, um, you know, founders are cut from the same cloth and the other folks that can help it in the scale are, are totally different breed. And, and so then that's why I couldn't even answer the first question because I'm not cut out that way. That's not in my DNA. So, um, but there's other folks out there that absolutely can come up with something and go, here it is, and it tastes phenomenal. And it, I mean, like, again, I'm talking about, you know, I work really close with Ryan, the founder of Roll Em Up. He has amazing graphics. His restaurants look amazing. The packaging is unbelievable. I mean, he looks at a box in a totally different way than I look at a box. I look at a box like, okay, that has cheese. He looks at a box like, it has our cheese. So how about if we brand this box? So like we can, and I'm like, oh, holy crap, I don't, I don't think like you. And, and then he sees, so he, and then he, he observes what we're doing out at the restaurants and how we're getting results. And he's like, I have no clue how, how that came to be so quick. And, and that's a great partnership that we have. And for those that are on, you know, the podcast now, you've got to figure out like you, you're passionate about this, right? I, I've met so many founders that are passionate about their brand. And then I asked them, hey, Joey, why don't you blow this up? And he's like, oh, man, I, 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 I wouldn't trust anybody to open up a second one. I'm like, what? What do you mean you don't trust anybody? I couldn't. I, I couldn't. There's no way. There's no way that I could do it. I, I couldn't go to sleep. Um, the, just even thinking about growing to number two, oh, my gosh, it gives me, like, anxiety. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Right? And I met so many founders that have that same mentality because they're like, oh, my gosh, think about all the HR issues and think about, oh, my gosh, I have to have an HR representative. Oh, God, I, I have to have a, this and I have to have that. And, oh, no, 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 thank you. And it's so crazy how many of these amazing tasting brands are out there, but the founder is just so damn scared of number two because they just don't know how to do it, right? And um, so that's where I find interesting for myself is I'm excited about number two. I'm excited about number 100, right? And, 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 and the process it is a very fun, exciting, exciting process. It's so much fun. Uh, but to a lot of founders that I've talked to, that fun to them sounds like, shit, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm not sure if I want to do that. And they're, and it's unfortunately because they're, you know, they're really um, not giving their amazing brand an opportunity to just flourish. I, I agree with you 100%. I think that like just having the exposure to you and having your skill set and the pocket knife full of 
skills that you have and the variation that you have amongst business and then compounding over years of exposure and, you know, just your sheer attitude of living the American dream and kicking ass and everything you do. I think that it's important that creatives have individuals that are structured. I think um, a lot of companies think of more uh, needing that because creatives do and entrepreneurs do have trouble in it can be overwhelming thinking like, oh my gosh, I built this thing. You know how hard it was to build. How am I going to scale it? And it's mm-hmm. often, it's not uh, it's not simple. It's just that you need the right partners or you need to find the right consultant or you need to find the right person that can help you guys scale into a franchise. I think often another thing franchisees or people that go into become franchisors is they go to like the run of the mill business and they do the run of the mill paperwork and they're like, I'm a franchise franchisee buy my franchise. And it's just, it's not the right way to do it necessarily. It's uh, everyone's doing that almost. But if you truly want to scale your business, you really have to go back and you have to build this strong enough foundation in order to attract people to it and then or have a person that says hey i'm really good at attracting people to your business but we need to have a really good flower if we're going to attract bees and so Mm -hmm. it's sort of that mentality um you know what's so funny is that um you brought up some people that have done it in the past that are you know just world famous and you brought up ray kroc ray kroc was not the founder of mcdonald's right he just knew how to scale the hell out of it better than anybody has ever done it, right? And it's That's and it's a, so, yeah. so funny because you talked about Dave Thomas and then you said Ray Kroc. You didn't mention Maurice or Richard McDonald. You mentioned Ray Kroc, right? And Ray Kroc, it's so funny because uh, we, we're at our corporate office and on the background of we have our, you know, TV plane. And as we're meeting uh, Ryan and I over at Roll Em Up Taquito headquarters, uh, he where we have the founder playing on the on loop, and we're just and the and and Ryan and I can almost like say the lines and watch him and watch him running up the golf course yeah. with a sandwich that has lettuce on it and yelling, "What the hell is this? We don't put lettuce on our sandwich, right?" And um, but look. We don't want to Ray Kroc anybody because <laughs> there's some great learnings and also some things, obviously, if you watch a movie or done your research. But it's really interesting that, like, there's there's the McDonald's brothers that came up with an amazing concept. And then there's Ray Kroc that helped them, you know, grow this. And everybody knows who McDonald's is, right? It's not a little stand in San Bernardino anymore. So, Well, and the uh, thing so about it is, is – it was the first one, really. McDonald's is like one of the first to really boom mm-hmm. under Ray Kroc. And, and how the logistics took place there was just a matter of business, almost the entrepreneurship in food being so young, uh, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, even though we've done it for thousands and thousands of years in markets and taverns. The entrepreneurship in food, as we know it, in the way we're able to produce it and people consume it and are able to get to it to cars and all that type of stuff is a rather new thing. Mm-hmm. in the grand scale of humanity. So the the thing I like about this um, is 
what we've seen progress to where we are now with roll em up to Ketos is also the moral and ethical compass that goes along with it to go back to the Ray Kroc scenario is not only are we growing businesses, but now we're finding partnerships. Now we're using core values um, mm-hmm. in alignment with growing businesses and scaling a property properly. And we're even those core values are even starting to creep into the ingredients and, and uphold the ingredients we put in the food and things like that. You were talking about raising canes and everything being fresh. That's important, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not typical in, in franchise models that you have fresh product. And so there's things like that, that I think that, you know, that's worth talking about because those are things that, that matter. And, there are things that your business will can make or break a business in the long run. Like how much re- relatability does it have? I mean, for every Colonel Sanders, how many other chicken places didn't make it? And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a lot about that scalability and finding the right thing and also investing in the right people. And I think weirdly, Dave Thomas played that role for Colonel Sanders in that he had someone he mentored and coached, but they both were able to learn from each other and both build successful franchises. Interestingly, even though I would say Colonel Sanders was the more creative one and Dave Thomas was the more structured one, they eventually each broke off into their own pieces. But I know that's just my opinion based on what I've read about them. So go ahead. You know, a lot of folks, you know, we, we can talk you know, you and I have talked a lot about the similarities uh, of the great concepts that I had a great uh, op, you know, blessing to work with. Um, and that really excites me. I want to, you know, I'm currently in the process of writing a book on all the great teachings of these great concepts. But I've also, there's also some concepts that I've worked with that I've never mentioned. And man, there, there's a whole book on that. Because I remember specifically, we had this uh, product come out at this one uh, concept that I'd rather not mention. Um, and the chicken tasted like a piece of rubber chicken that I ugh, I wouldn't put it in my mouth. Why would we want to give this to a customer? And so we reached out to, we were a franchisee. Uh, uh, I was working with somebody that was a franchisee of this um, concept. So we reach out to corporate and we share with them like, Hey, this new chicken that came out tastes like rubber. doesn't taste right. And then they said to us, well, they don't come to us for our quality. <laughs> I, I, I would have like lost my, my mind. Oh my gosh. My mind. Oh my gosh. I absolutely. I mean, they literally said, we know who we are and we know who we, you know, I mean, that, what we want to focus on and they don't come to us. They come to us for a cheap product, a very inexpensive product. And it's so funny. A couple of things. Number one, wow. my family never, my family never ate there. Never. I never once put on that uniform because that brand, it just would hurt my heart to put that shirt, that polo shirt with that brand over my heart would never do it. And I couldn't believe what I heard. Right. And so you talked about this right now, like who you are, right. And, and how you focus on quality. And we talked about those, you know, I, I literally saw this at in and out how amazing and fresh and what pride they took on quality. Um, 
and also saw it at Raising Cane, saw it at Dave's Hot Chicken, just absolutely focused on quality. And obviously that's our huge goal here uh, every single day with every single taquito at Roll Em Up. But then there's other places where it, it's just, just a money grab, just something quick. They're going to come in here. They're going to grab it, take it home. Quality is not the focus. It's that's a throughput and how much money we can generate and make sure that we're, we're happy with that. Yeah, It's like um, a story I recently heard about <laughs> in order to make an extra like one, one and a half cents per like French fry order the um they were willing to use an oil that they knowingly gave like one third of the population active diarrhea from from putting into their oh body my God. but it was all about because they were so large this franchise that they were willing in that 1.5 cents per order of french fries on average a medium french fry i guess or whatever i guess it would be a large since there's now weirdly medium large extra large maybe or whatever the average would be not sure how they figured that out but that's one point five for one point five cents. I get it. It adds up to probably maybe millions, hundreds of millions. But it's just an interesting thing that you're willingly trying to give your pop. You knowingly are giving your customers diarrhea, possibly one third of them. And so you know, obviously, people that eventually had the reaction probably stopped eating there. Um, but it was just such a short-sighted money grab. I felt like when I heard the story, like it just it ruined your business. Like it's no different. And I'll use this example as everyone remembers Olean or whatever that disaster of a product was that went out into the world and was like in every fried product on the world. And it's not this particular case I'm talking about, but it's a similar thing where we put this horrible product in the world and we just did it and everyone's like, woohoo, it saves money. So let's market it even that we're putting it in the product to, to double down and we're really doing great. No, it wasn't great. And so, you know, it's kind of like that is what we're talking about here. And I think it's important in all businesses, again, like the the manipulation and the the money thing. And I and I think a lot of people also manipulate things because of money instead of seeing the long term value of doing the right thing by everyone. And during the recent economic crisis we've had in food service, I will tell you right now, if you want to look at companies that have good core values, they're not struggling for individuals to work in their business generally, even in the fast food business. Nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, I can't tell you how, like, you're referring to me, I'll give you a high five. Everybody keeps talking about this labor shortage and this labor shortage and this labor shortage. And I think there's not a labor shortage. There's a leadership uh, shortage. If you suck 100%. as a leader and you don't care about your people and you don't take care of what takes care of you and you don't take care of your customers and you don't appreciate every every single complaint that comes in and you're not focused on leadership and helping your people, then you will have a labor shortage. But I think there's amazing folks out there that can't wait to work for a great leader, period. If you have a great leader, guess what? You probably have extremely low turnover and you probably have a list of applications just waiting for you to call them, right? And there is no labor shortage, right? There's a leadership shortage. You take care of your people, guess what? They will send people to you. And so 
that's I am so so passionate about that because I, I hate hearing that. I think it's BS. Um, I, I think there just there's need to be a focus on grow as a leader. Grow as a leader. Take care of that. Take care of yourself. Take care of how you take care of others and watch. Guess what? You have you're fully staffed. Uh, amazing. And I agree with you from a leadership standpoint. And I agree that in your businesses, if you have leaders that aren't leading or they're lack leadership or you're lacking leadership in your business, it's so deadly. It's almost so apparent in what we just talked about in the employees that are in there. And the other thing is, is like the core value thing is just such an interesting, very true topic. And I know that when, and I talked about this you know, on a previous episode is when my core values are out of alignment, my business tends to go out of alignment. And that's because like as leaders, when we are truly leading and everyone really leads and we're leading by example, what we're emanating, whether it's our relationship at home, if we're having fights with our wives at home as a male and we're going in as our entrepreneurs, that weirdly energy that's going on there, the unhealthy, that stuff, it's spilling into our business. And if we bring our family patterns and we don't deal with them as entrepreneurs, they weirdly spill into our business into core value problems. And I think one of the things that Sam does really well and why he's an important as an individual, and I'm going to just speak on his behalf, is that he's able to add the structure and discipline and consistency to a business that aligns truly with positive energy, building really successful environments for people to pollinate in um, themselves and the business they work in, meaning they're growing themselves and the business. And Sam's really able to execute it and lead people on a grand scale because of his experience and his exposure. And you can feel it in here every day when we're talking on these podcasts and what he's doing. So I'm going to ask the next question, Sam. In your life, um, let's talk about leaders that have directly led you. And let's talk about maybe leaders that are not, if you could like, I guess the old adage is, I'm going to adverb the question. But if you could sit down with like three famous people that are dead or alive um, that you've never met before that are leaders, what would you, who were they and, and what would they be? Maybe you don't have three, but let's sort of play that out a little bit if we could. And um, also talk about the leaders in your life that have, have really put leadership and instilled leadership values in you, if you don't mind. Man, this is such a... Mm, I really want to sit down with... Um, <clears throat> God, this is such a great question. I, I really haven't ever put thought into this. Um, I want to, I would love to sit down with uh, Ray Dalio. I think uh, his books on principle really spoke to me. Um, I want to sit down with John Maxwell. I'm looking at about 15 of his books right in front of me that uh, really helped me um, grow as a leader. And I really enjoy sitting down with with team members. And <clears throat> so team members provide you 
with some amazing uh, insight. Uh, and whether it's, a, you know, your current team members right now, I think for myself, that's what really uh, generates a lot of creativity and a lot of um, ideas and problem solving that really is important. So, you know, I, I, I'll put those two leaders, you know, because I've read uh, their books have really impacted me. But I also uh, absolutely love to hear from the people that work at our restaurants, frontline, um, that work with the customer, because they have so much insight um, on how we can become a better brand, how we can better serve our customers. Um, this individual in the restaurant industry by the name of Jim Sullivan wrote, um, the, oh gosh, I'm gonna mess it up. Um, but he wrote something in, in um, there's not an exact quote, but the people um, that have the power to fix a problem don't know what the problem is. And the people that know what the problem is don't have the power to fix it. So that was a rephrase, but it's Jim yeah, Sullivan it's saying that, um, look, if you get the great opportunity and blessing to become uh, a leader of a restaurant or whatever it may be, right? In, in this case, for myself, it's a restaurant, but it, you can apply it to anything. If you have the, the, uh, the power and ability to fix something, but you are in your mind and, and you don't think of what, what's happening at the, at the lower levels and you don't care to ask, um, shame on you because you have the power and ability to fix it like this or most. Not, not everything is going to be a snap of a finger, but you do have something that's going to generate change. And then you have the folks that are in the front line that they said, gosh, I wish somebody could do this. And here's a problem, but nobody would fix it. And I just don't have kind of the, the power to fix this, right? I'll give you one example from an amazing brand, okay? I worked with In-N-Out Burger for years. Um, this is going back to 1999, 2000, okay? Uh, gosh, 1998. I was a team member. I was an associate at the time. I'm working drive through and we have uh, 32 ounce drinks and 20 ounce drinks and 44 ounce drinks. And we're putting liquid and uh, we didn't have drink carriers. We would put liquid in a bag, in a paper bag. This is old school in and out, okay? And I'm handing them out in the drive-thru. I'm handing out a paper bag with liquid inside with lids that I know are going to pop off, okay? And you can put it in a certain way so they won't pop off. And I'm handing these things out and I turn over to my general manager at the time. And I, I say, Hey, um, when can we get drink holders? This doesn't seem right to be putting liquid in a bag. And then they look at me and they go, Hey, we don't, that's not a who we are. <laughs> no, just Sammy, good idea, but just keep putting it in there. And I'm like, all right, God, this doesn't make sense. Right. And so yeah, I would hand them out and I'm like, Hey, careful with these drinks. I'm handing you drinks in a paper bag. And then eventually over time, these things pop up at the restaurant. We have drink holders, man. I was so damn happy because I'm like, hell yeah, we have drink holders. Right. Yeah. And, uh, because yeah. I'm the, I'm the one that they would yell at when in their new Corvette, they have soda, they have freaking root beer on their, on their, 
freaking yeah. brand new Corvette. Yeah. Right. So I'm the one getting yelled at. I'm the one that's going like, this doesn't make sense, but sounds good. I guess we've been doing this since 1948. I must be an idiot. Right. And then you see these drink carriers and I'm like, yes, thank you so much. I'm not going to get yelled at that much. So when you ask a question, I love to sit down with the Ray Dalios of the world and John Maxwell of the world, but I love to sit down with our folks right now that are currently experiencing the exact same situation that I experienced years ago where people go, hey, Sammy, come on, just just put it in the paper bag, put liquid in the paper bag, it'll be all right. You know, so um, I'm going to make sure that I stick to sitting down with those folks and and uh, those are the, those are the folks that make a difference. Yeah, I agree with you. And I actually, John Maxwell is on my list as well. If I had to sit down with people, I have like nine. Like I, of course, I can't stick to three. It's just not something Justin can ever do anything without like overdoing it or excelling way beyond expectation. So, you know, I think that the John Maxwell thing is good. And I agree with the team member thing. It took me a long time before I realized how much more valuable their opinion was than than a lot of people that weren't directly dealing with the clients, for lack of a better term. It's not like managers don't matter and keep your business uh, important. But the opinion of the customer and the feedback from the client for this say, requires you actually as a general growing to the front lines and asking people. And it may look like you're jumping over the hierarchy or whatever, but it is important as a leader to gauge each layer of your hierarchy. And I know hierarchies and it's weirdly in the world, people are talking about like the lack of hierarchy and everyone's flat and equal. I'm like, that just doesn't work as humans. Like we have to have structure and we have to know what we're reporting to and we have to have accountability. Sorry. But the, um, the thing about it is the layering that you're talking about is, is like, and by saying I want to go to the front line, it's also saying that I need to understand every layer of my business and what we actually need in it, which I think is important um, for, for what you said. Um, the next question I have for you, Sam, is like your favorite food. Like what are the foods that you typically eat? Like you obviously love roll them up taquitos because that's where you're working. Anyone would say that, but as a person in the food business, as um, someone in California also, and that travels the world because of food, um, let's talk about that. Like what are the foods that you enjoy um, and that means something to you or have like family value from your culture uh, that you grew up with in your family? Um, you know, because we all come from different backgrounds. Let's let's talk about some of that. Sure. Um, I was born in Nicaragua. I absolutely love Nicaraguan food. Um, there's there's an island off Nicaragua by uh, the name of Corn Island, um, which is so beautiful and has uh, its own flavor uh, of uh, of Nicaraguan Corn Island food, which is absolutely amazing. Um, you would think that in, I'm also Mexican because I absolutely love Mexican food. Um, but uh, gosh, I just I just love food. Period. I work out just so I can eat. I work out so I can eat. You know, different things. And when I've gone, you know, when I used to go to Louisiana for uh, for our meetings for raising canes, man, it was like absolute. The food there is just phenomenal. And, um, you know, so 
but I just, I just love food. I love food. I love people that take great pride in what they do and they have a different spin on things. Um, so, you know, I will always love my mom's cooking. My, today's my mom's birthday. Gosh, what an absolute blessing. I, she can, she can cook rice, anything. And it just tastes amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I just love all different types of food. I, uh, I'm not very crazy. I'm not going to go any, you know, some things that you're going to see probably on the travel channel and about trying crazy food. I'm, that's not me at all. Um, but I, I definitely have a passion for food. I have a passion for, um, you know, when somebody takes great pride in what they do and putting it out there and seeing how they can just, you know, come up with some uh, very creative mixes. I, I'm, I'm huge. I, I absolutely am huge on trying out new food and, and see where, where it goes from here. I'm excited to see what type of restaurants are going to come out in 2023 and, and years, years ahead. I know that there's great people out there that just have a passion for getting in the kitchen and, and putting their spices together and, and doing some creative things. It's, I love, love to just travel and eat, eat and, and, and try uh, somebody's, somebody's passion on a plate. This is um, this is good stuff. I love Nicaraguan food also, and I like um, Mexican food. And actually, I, I just like the thought of Nicaraguan food right now. I'm like, I don't know if there's any in Nashville, but I'm going to have to find one uh, somewhere. <laughs> so it's like there is a lot of diversity in food here in Nashville. I'm very surprised. And uh, it is growing, and it's very cool, and um, it's different. Uh, but it's very cool to see there's a lot of showbiz here, which I think goes along with what we were talking about before, which is there's a lot of energy and fun that goes into the food here and into the businesses here because there's a lot of musicians here and models and actors and actresses and stuff like that and and photographers, and they all have like an eye for that type of creativity. So it adds to a little bit what I, what I would call showbiz or showtime, and it gives a little flair to the food, so I do like that. Um, just as an offshoot, but I do want to try some Nicaraguan food. So Sam, let's talk about like, like leadership for you. Like what are some of the things that you value the most in leadership and skills? Like in the things, if when you're training your, the, the frontline workers or the managers or the future general managers, like what are the leadership skills that you're hoping to pass down to them? Mm, Okay. So that's a good question here. Give me one second. Uh, <clears throat> these are the qualities that um, that we're really looking for. Um, just give me one second here. So when we're looking for potential leaders um, or folks that we want to add on to our team, these are, you know, came up with 19 that we look at. Number one is integrity. And... Um, Obviously, we can go into it, you know, but integrity is number one. Number two is energy. Number three is magnetic connection. When when this person walks into a room, people just, God, they just want to be around them. And they just want to ask them how things are going and how's life and how's this. And there's just this magnetic connection. And um, that's huge. Uh, number four is a youthful drive. So, uh I am 46 years old, and uh, that's my that's my age. But I feel like I'm a very youthful individual. I worked with uh, 
a gentleman by the name of Bill Phelps. He's the CEO of Dave's Hot Chicken. I'm not sure how old he is, but I know he's got a very youthful drive, and I love that. I love to uh, see people that they might have a little gray on their beard or gray on their hair, but man, this energy inside of them, you, you just like 22 years old. They just have this youthful drive. I love leaders that can de-escalate situations. I really, that, that's such a, a, an amazing characteristic is because we're, we, we always have situations happening in the restaurant, whether it's on either side of the counter, whether it's, you know, team member to team member, manager, manager, whatever, or customer situation. But I really value people that uh, know how to de-escalate situations. Um, I love people that lead with empathy that have, that they want to really listen to the customer or whoever might be having an issue and they want to find out how they can help them and, or at least that they know that they, they're going to be listened to well. So empathetic is folks that have uh, empathy, show empathy, um, a great listener, number seven, number eight. I love people that, uh, have a professional image. You can be fun and professional at the same time. Um, I, I love folks that just are very professional and that really means a lot to me. I look up to people that uh, are professional, that look professional um, and that they lead with professionalism. I really admire those folks. I admire folks that are goal oriented. Um, if you uh, uh, surround yourself with people that have goals and are really driven, you're going to be, it, it's so much easier to start the momentum uh, at, at, in your company because um, they're just, they're wired the same way that you are. They have goals in their life. They're, they're driven. Uh, number 10, I love folks that have a servant leadership that really want to know how they can help others. Um, and I just absolutely love that characteristic. I love folks that have a learning attitude. Um, you know, we talked about that just a couple of minutes ago. I love sitting down with team members. So I learn from them. Uh, my bag is a backpack. I want people that have that backpack mentality when they go to work. They're going to go learn something today. They're going to grow. They're going to help others. Um, I look for people that have a great past experience, but more importantly, a future potential. So if uh, if you've had a great experience, you know, work experience, but you're kind of at the, you look like you're at the tail end and you've, you've already hit your, your peak. Uh, fortunately, um, you know, congratulations, but I, I don't, we're not going to work together because I want somebody that has, uh, more importantly, a better future potential. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, even if you've never worked before, but you have, and you're a 17 year old kid by the name of Alexio and you're hungry and you want to move up and, and you look at this world like, ah, man, I just, I, I want to capitalize on this world you, and you've never worked before. I'll take him over the person that's worked 20 years for a great brand. Because in Alexio, whew, I'll give him a book and he'll read it. He'll soak it up. He'll learn. He'll, he's going to tell me like what, you know, what he's most excited about in his future. I really love, look for people that have future potential. I love somebody that has a coaching attitude. 
I love somebody that uh, has ingenuity, thinks outside of the box. I really like that. I love somebody that has ownership. I love somebody that's physically and mentally driven. That's a huge thing for me is um, I, I want you to be, I want your brain to really constantly be thinking about, you know, how we can do things better. But I also, I really love with people that like, they understand they've got to take care of themselves. They got to be really physically fit because um, you're going to have your long days and and you want to be fit just like a, a great team. You mentioned, you asked me, who do I want to sit down with? I got to sit down with one of the greatest coaches of all time in, in college basketball and John Wooden. And he talked about that. He talked about the type of people that he wanted in his team. And he talked about that they have to be, you know, be quick, but don't hurry. I want somebody, this is the type of folks that I want to have on my team. I want them to, to be with us for a good amount of time and to excel. I want somebody that has a mindful productivity. They go into every single day and look, they might clock in when they get there, but, but they're already thinking as they're driving to work. They're already like thinking, thinking, thinking like, what could I do different? What, how could I be better? Um, I listened to Albert Pujols one time. He was being interviewed on the radio. Albert Pujols, amazing Hall of Fame baseball player. And they said, uh, what do you think separates you from everybody else? And he goes, while I'm driving to the stadium, I'm thinking about who's going to be pitching against me and how he pitched against me last time. And if I'm if I have a certain count, what he threw to me. And I'm already thinking of how he's going to pitch to me again today because I want to make sure that I excel. And I love that. And I really connected with that because I thought, wow, that's funny because when I drive to work at the time I was working at in and when I drive to work, a Monday mentality is a totally different mentality than a Sunday night mentality. And when you're driving up, you're going, okay, this is what I'm going to, this is what's going to come in on a Monday. This is my customer coming in on a Monday. A lot of single orders on a Sunday night. Woo, get ready. Huge family night. I was working right by LAX. A lot of people flying back to LA or flying in. I have to be prepared, prepared for that. I want somebody that's always has this mindful productivity. Number 18, I want somebody that is success driven. This is from the great book of the 10X rule. Success, it's our obligation, our duty, and our responsibility. Success is your obligation, your duty, and your responsibility to you and your family. And then uh, number 19 is no better way to get uh, gain credibility than great work ethic. You have to be a worker. You've you got to have, you got to love, love to, uh, to go to work. You have to have that great work ethic. You have to be passionate about it. You have to, uh, that's, so those are the 19, 19 things that, um, that we came up with. I love it, Sam. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, can you tell everyone where they can find roll them up to ketos? Definitely. Please. I would love for you guys to follow us on Instagram at roll them up to ketos. All right. Roll them up. Uh, you can find us on LinkedIn at all the social media sites. You can check out our product there. And again, thank you very much for this great opportunity to, uh, to talk to you about roll them up and, and what we're doing here. Awesome. Um, thank you, 
uh, Sam and I appreciate your time and I appreciate you coming on the podcast and I appreciate your friendship uh, and just being able to talk to you personally. And I think one of the things that I love about doing this show is the relationships that I'm building and the people that I'm meeting and, you know, a trip uh, to go to New York and I'm actually, uh, looks like I'm gonna be going out to Los Angeles and, and meeting with Sam and seeing roll em up taquitos out there and being able to do some stuff out there. Maybe even we'll record in a roll em up taquitos location with the portable equipment. And I'd like to do something like that also. And, um, you know, depending on how it goes, you know, we can do different things and explore. So that's also one of the things I love about the podcast. So Sam, is there anything you want to say before, before we get off as we close things off? I just want to say thank you again. Thank you for this time. I appreciate it. Can't wait for you to come out to LA and hopefully uh, we can sit down and have some taquitos together. Awesome. Thank you everyone for listening in. You can find us on Spotify or wherever else you grow yourself through podcasts. You can find the show on Instagram at Justin, the food entrepreneurs. There's a phone number on there. You can text it. If you want to be on the show, you have questions for the entrepreneurs and you can DM us also. And thank you everyone. I love you guys. Share the episodes, give it five stars, give it a lot of good ratings so that uh, continues to do well. You know, the higher you guys rate each episode and your positive comments, if you're rolling up taquitos fans, the better they do. That's just the way the algorithms work across all the syndications, not just Spotify. So thank you everyone for listening in and we're out.